house take lightly when we come before you. I believe I have a word from the Lord for us this evening. And I'm going to go ahead and get into that. I honor our shepherds in their absence. Pastor Andre and Pastor Nancy Mitchell. Honor the ministers, um, our members, and everyone in their respective, respective places. I'm going to be reading our focal scripture from the Amplified um, Bible. But before we get to that, let me give you a little bit of background. The title of this message is not grammatically correct. I'm going to open with saying that. But it's something that I believe all of us need to take a hold of. If you would, open your Bibles to Isaiah, the 26th chapter. And we're probably going to be in Isaiah quite a bit tonight. Be all over, but this is Bible study, right? Isaiah, the 26th chapter, in the third verse, in the Amplified reads, You will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you in both inclination and character, because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. Let me read that again. You will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you, in both inclination and character, because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. And I titled this message, What You Not Finna Do. And it came about one day, all of a sudden, I made a decision, um, and I can be transparent. I made a decision, and I said, you know what? A few years ago, I had gone on a job search, and it came to no fruition. And with all the qualifications, education, and everything, else that I had acquired working in corporate America, I decided that although God didn't open any doors in that season, and I must have applied for 200 to at least 200 jobs, and I'm not exaggerating, that this was a different season and I was going to go ahead and apply for a job, try to find some work. And this was recent probably in the last 30 days. And I was talking to um, an accountability partner, 
And I messaged her and I said, you know, I think I'm going to apply for a job. And she said, well, let me ask you the same question that you always ask me. Have you prayed about it? And I said, no. I decided not to do that. I'll just go ahead and see if God will open the door this time, even though he hasn't in the past. Because although he has sustained me, I cannot say that he has not sustained me. I was at a place of frustration, expecting more, wanting more, and fatigued on this journey that God had called me to walk. And she said to me, I'm going to tell you like you tell me, what you're not finna do is move without consulting God. And so I titled this message, What You're Not, let me say it in bonus, What You're Not Finna Do, because I realized that the side road that I had decided to take on this journey that God had called me to walk on, on this journey that he had called us to walk on, was because I had lost focus. And so because I had lost focus, my mind was not stayed in him. I wasn't in a place of perfect peace. And so now I had come to the place where I had decided to make decisions without him and see what he was going to do. Now, focus is a central point. And in regards to the word central, I want us to think of balance. And not balance in the way that the world thinks of it. Because the balance of God sometimes is imbalance. It's not necessarily 50-50. Sometimes it's 30, 70. Sometimes it's 80, 20. Sometimes it's 99, 1. And that balance is whatever God has called for you on your journey. And so I'm not able to compare my life to Pastor Audra and want the balance that I see that God has given to her because that may not be the balance, the measure of balance that God has given to me. It's a central point as of attraction, attention, and activity. And the reason he says you, he, will keep in perfect and constant peace, keep means to maintain. Constant, liken it to the ocean versus a faucet. I realized that I had not stayed in perfect peace because my peace was a faucet. There wasn't a constant flow. And there was a lack of a constant flow because I had lost my focus. Open your Bibles to Romans, the 12th chapter, and I believe the second verse. And we'll be reading from the King James. And the reason I say open is because a lot of times I think we quote, we quote scripture, we misquote it, or we just ramble it off, and it doesn't settle on the inside of us. We know what to say, 
or I've known what to say, but not necessarily known how to walk it out and live it. And Romans 12 and 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable, acceptable and perfect will of God. What you're not going to do is at this juncture in the journey, lose your focus. After all he's done, and after how he's proven himself, I was still at a place that I had lost focus. And I say I because I don't want to put that on you. But I'm sure all of us have been at that place where we've lost focus. And so I had to begin to study what focus was. And I had to begin to seek God to ask him what my balance was. And as soon as I got to the place where I came to myself, and I began to use the tools that he had equipped me with, the tools that I had had in my arsenal, one of my sisters in Christ always saw the tools. We have all these tools. Pastor Misha, we have all these tools, she said. And when the fight comes where we have to pull out these tools and use them, we become upset. But what's the use of training if you're never engaged? What's the use of book knowledge if you're never allowed to apply it? Now, the applying of the word is not what makes it true. But the applying of the word is what sharpens it on the inside of us. Because if I've never had to have faith for healing, if I've never had to stand on that word, no matter how I was feeling or what the doctor was saying, then I've never really sharpened and used that tool. The military trains, the Air Force, the Navy, police, Bishop will be able to tell you, any type of law enforcement, and even those of us who aren't in law enforcement, we train on our jobs. But they train you on the job because they want you to be able to use that skill at some point in time. And some skills we don't use on a daily basis. And some tools we don't use on, the da on a daily basis. And I realized that a portion of my arsenal had become dull. And so when I picked up that gun to use it, the gun was dirty and it didn't fire. And it wasn't that the gun was not working. It wasn't that I didn't have bullets. It was that I had not oiled it and I had not cleaned it. I had lost focus. And in losing focus, on this is what God has called me to do, whether it be a parent, whether it be an educator, whatever he's called you to do in life, that that was my ministry and he had equipped me. And everything that I needed was in the arsenal that he put in me before I was formed. And so I had to say to myself, what you're not going to do is one, lose focus is not use this arsenal of word that he has given us. And sometimes we get 
prophetic words because he has different arsenals. And when that thing doesn't manifest in the time that we believe it should manifest, we put that tool down. We no longer believe that word. We no longer stand on that word because we, our minds have not been renewed. So we're working on the time frame that we have set rather than saying that this is what God has said. We create an Ishmael that in turn causes problems for our Isaac because Isaac is going to come. The, the, the Amplified version says, you will keep, maintain, in perfect and constant peace. And if he tells us that he has to keep us in perfect peace, then we know that things are going to come forth that are going to try to disturb our peace. It's a guarantee. Because he wouldn't have to keep us in that peace he wouldn't say, I'm going to keep you there if nothing was going to come and attack you in that very place, in that very promise that he said he was going to keep you in. And he said in perfect peace. Perfect meaning whole and complete. Nothing missing. Not meaning that it goes in the way that we believe it should go, but that it's whole and complete in him, in his purpose, in his timing and in his way. And it's constant. So it's like the ocean, not a faucet. The problem is that we turn the word on and off as it suits us, rather than letting the word flow like an ocean in our lives, that it's constant. And it says he's going to keep in constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. First Corinthians, the second chapter, verse 16. says, for who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So if I'm not thinking like him, maybe it's because I'm not accessing his mind on the inside of me. And I realized, I'm going to be transparent, that I had allowed my mind to go on these little rabbit trails. The problem with rabbit trails is there are always foxholes in rabbit trails. And so not only had I allowed my mind to go onto this rabbit trail, I was falling into foxholes. And that was the tactic of the enemy, because once I fell into the foxhole, I then now had to dig myself out. And it wasn't as easy as when I was walking on the rabbit trail. Once I got into that hole, sometimes I couldn't dig myself out. And so that's when he brought forth another tool in my arsenal, in our arsenal that he has given us, sometimes a sister or a brother in a Christ had to help pull me out. Sometimes knowingly and sometimes unknowingly. 
Sometimes as I was walking on this journey, as we walk on this journey and we doubt what God has said, because what we've done is lost focus, he sends someone that has no idea of what you're going through, of what you thought about, to pull you out of this foxhole that you fell in because you were walking on this rabbit trail. You're not supposed to be on the rabbit trail anyway. So what you're not finna do is lose focus. And what you're not finna do is start walking on these rabbit trails. Because he has given us tools, not only in the word, but through the fellowship of the saints to keep us. And he said, and whose mind is steadfast, stayed and disciplined. This walk requires a certain level of discipline. And what I'm saying tonight is nothing that we don't know. But sometimes it's the very thing that we forget. I've been back in the gym for the past six weeks. And it has required discipline. At the minimum, four days a week. Whether I feel my body is lining up with it or not, I've been disciplined. And the reason I've been disciplined is because in the last year I was so busy that I wasn't able to do it. And I prayed for the time to be able to work out. And suddenly, my whole schedule changed. Not in the way that I expected it. I didn't want my little side gig to end, but I did want time to exercise. So he did it in a way that I didn't expect, but he still answered my prayer. And so every time I don't feel like working out, Holy Spirit reminds me, this is what you prayed for. And I've answered that. And so I'm not being committed or staying disciplined with the exercise because I want the results, but I want to say to God, when I pray and you answer, I am going to stay committed to that thing that I have prayed for. Because many times we want a thing, and then when we get it, remember, we talked about focus. That was our first point. What you're not gonna do is lose focus. But it's a balance. And it talked about attention, attraction, and activity. And I had asked God for this thing. And so because I asked God for it, it's like getting a car. You ask God for a car, you're going to pay attention to that car. You're going to change the oil. You're going to wash it. You're going to keep it clean. Not because the car means something to you, but because my God was so faithful to answer my prayer, I want him to know that I value everything that he gives me tangible in what we can consider non-tangible, because the gym is more pain than tangible. Although you see results, after a while, after my first workout, I was expecting some stuff to melt out, melt down, but it doesn't work like that. And so I had to stay faithful to that thing that I had prayed for, even though he gave it to me in a way that I didn't expect and not in the way in which I wanted. So we're talking about discipline. That is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you. In both inclination, we're already at 1 Corinthians, um, the second verse. 
So now I'm going to read 14 through 16. But before I do that, I'm going to give you a definition for inclination. A person's natural tendency or urge to act or feel in a particular way, a disposition or propensity. And 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14 through 16 in the King James Version says, but the, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he, that is a, but he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judge of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And I realize that we lose focus. Because we lean on our natural tendency. That's just how I am. That's just how I think. That is just how I process. And God is calling us, remember earlier we read Romans 12 and 2, to be renewed in our mind and to be transformed. But because... We lean on our natural inclination, on our natural man. The next part of the verse in the Amplify says, and character. So let me read that again. You will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you in both inclination. And so our inclination, our natural tendencies have to be the natural tendencies that God has placed in us more so than beyond the natural tendencies that, that we learn in this world and in character. We're learning about the character of God now because we're learning about the names of God. And the names of God are his character. And so because we sometimes, or I had decided to walk in my inclination and operate in the character of self, I lost focus. Now, it says because he trusts and takes refuge, meaning he hides and that that's his sanctuary. In you, with hope, meaning I have faith, and I know that there is a promise for me, and I'm confident, meaning that I am strong and strengthened in my expectation, in my faith, that this promise will be manifested. Now, we said that focus was a central point, a balance point, as of attraction, attention, or activity. And we're going to have a moment of silence. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask a few questions. But after each question, I'm going to wait maybe about 15 to 30 seconds. Are we attracted to God? Why are we attracted to God? Do we pay attention to God? When do we pay attention to God? 
do we pay attention to God? Why do we pay attention to God? Do we partake in activity with God? What kind of activity do we partake in with God? When do we partake in this activity? With God. And how often do we partake in activity with God? Are we attracted to God? Is he appealing to us? Is there a desirability? Are we interested? And is there something on the inside of us that pulls and draws us to God? Do we pay attention to him? Are we aware? Do we notice? Do we heed? Do we observe? Do we take in consideration? Do we care for God? Activity, what kind of action? do we have with God? Do we pursue him? Not are we attracted to God because of what he can do for us. Let's use two things. First, female-male, male-female relationship. When you meet someone, you don't know what they can and can't do for you. But you're attracted to them enough that it piques your interest. When there's something that you want to eat, you may see it in a Publix bakery. I buy in a Publix bakery. You don't really know if that red velvet cupcake, and it does not taste like Shauna's, let me just tell y'all right now, tastes good. But depending on how they present it, there's an attraction on the inside of you. I, I want to try. So let me ask you the question again. Are we attracted to God? Really attracted to God. Not God, I need this. God, I need that. God, fix this. God, fix that. Just, I just want to come in your presence. I don't have nothing to say. I ain't got nothing to ask for. I just want to come in your presence. Are we really attracted to God? Do we really pay attention to God? Let me give you an example of how easy it is to hear him and miss him. I believe it was yesterday, maybe Tuesday. I had some errands to run. And I needed to mail something off. I had been at the office already. There's a post office less than two miles up the road. 
I forgot something at the house. I had to go home and get it. And I felt impressed upon me the need to go to the Carol Wood Post Office, which is 15 to 20 minutes out. And I've learned, and I'm still learning, that when I feel something, to just follow it. Because usually I'd be like, well, why do I got to go to the Carol Post Office? The post office up the street, Lord. You know I got to get back to the office. I got to clean the truck. I got to do this. Come on. I said, okay, not a big deal. I'll go for the ride. I went to the Carrollwood Post Office. As I was driving up to the Carrollwood Post Office, I saw a Chase Bank. And he reminded me that there was a monthly commitment that I and someone else had made to someone. And I had that in my purse, and I had not deposited it. But if I had not gone to the Carrollwood Post Office, I would not have remembered because the post office up here does not have a chase directly across the street. And so that's how easy it is to hear God when you're paying attention to God. But less than half an hour later, I'm leaving the bank. I get to the stop sign and I go this way. And now I've already said, oh, thank you, Jesus. This was the reason that I had to come to Carrollwood. I didn't know why I had to come to Carrollwood, but I said, let me just take the ride. And I would have forgotten until maybe a week later. And I haven't made this commitment with this person. I've made this commitment with God. And so my obligation is with God. I make a, a left to go down that road, and it's a longer route. And I said, no, I don't want to go that way. I'm going to take the back way. And something says, hmm, just keep along this road. I don't listen. This is less than half an hour from when I just heard God, and he reminded me of something that I had forgot. I go down the back road. I get less than five minutes away from the church, and the road is closed. And he said to me, it is that easy to hear me, but it is just that easy to miss me. And so, mind you, I had already turned down that road. I made a U-turn to go back on this road. I now have to make a U-turn because there is no way out to come all the way back to go by the post office in the bank. And what it would have taken me 15 minutes, I must have took me 40 minutes to get to the church. 40 minutes, 50 minutes to get to the church. Because I lost focus. I said, this way is quick. But God knew that there was a roadblock up because they didn't have any signs like they usually do to say the road is closed ahead. And how many times have we lost focus and ran into a closed road and still have to turn around and do what God What you're not going to do is lose focus. Do we partake in activity with God? Not routine activity. Because we get up in the morning, okay, Lord, guide me through my day. And it becomes an activity. 
Even praying over my food had become an activity. Lord bless this food I'm about to receive. And not really sincerely saying, Lord bless this food that I'm about to partake. I thank you for this food. Until you see someone taking food out of a garbage can to eat it, you don't realize what a blessing it is to have this plate of food in front of you. And so losing focus had taken me to a place of imbalance. And that's what it does with all of us. And I realized that I lost focus for me, my personal thing, was that my attraction for God had waned. My attention to him was now starting to waver. And my activity with him was not what it And I heard this word probably maybe in the early year, I'm not, I'm not sure, through fellowship. And when I heard it, it spoke to my spirit. The clothes that you used for the last season will not work in this season. Meaning the mantle and the covering and the operation that we operated in this last season is not going to work in this season. That's why his mercies are new every day. So every day I've got to be attracted to him. I've got to do the things that he's calling me to do. I've got to pay attention to him, and I've got to have activity with him. And all those things point to the tools that he's given us. How much time am I really spending in the word? How much attention, how much is my ear really tuned in to what he's saying to my spirit? And how much do I involve him in my everyday activities? Because there was a reason that I turned left and not right. Because if I be honest with you, I never turn left when I'm leaving that post office in that bank. I always go right. That is the route that I take all the time if I'm coming back to the office from that place. And so I went with the familiar rather than following God. Because the familiar was comfortable for me. But the familiar led me to a road that was closed and cause me to waste time. So by the time I got back to the office, did what I had to do, I must have got home 8.30, 9 o'clock last night. And I have a standing Wednesday night date with my spiritual mother. We watch our Alaska show. And I wasn't able to do that, not because I had to prepare for the word, but 
But because I had allowed a wrong turn, because what I'm learning with this, and it's something that she's taught me, I can't shut down every time I got to get in this word. I got to get in the word every day. That has to be my focus daily. Because you got to work, you have kids, you got to cook dinner, you got a house. We're not at the place where we could just shut down. And so this has got to be a focal point in my life. So that when it's time for me to minister the word, the word is already in me. But by the time I got home, I had wasted the time that I had allotted to do a little bit of, to, to, to study last night, get some prayer in before I went over there. Because at midnight I turned into a pumpkin, so I, I go home. <laughs> and so I wasn't able to keep a commitment that God had put in my heart for someone else because I was out of order. What you're not going to do is lose focus. Not this far in the game. Not after having fought and stood and travailed all this time. Not seeing where God has brought all of us from. Not seeing what he's done in our lives. What you're not going to do is lose focus. What you're not going to do is give up the fight now. What you're not going to do is let your faith get weak now. What you're not going to do is let the enemy knock you down now. Because everything that I need for this journey and what he's called me to do is in my arsenal. The question is, is has I, have I been sharpening my tools? Or are they in the garage rusty dusty? Do I remember and do I recognize? Pastor talks about it all the time. Do we remember the things that God has brought us from and do we truly recognize who he is? But because I wasn't paying him any attention, there was no attraction. There was no pull and draw to him. My activities with him had changed. What happened was I lost focus. And I kept on saying, okay, God, what is this? I, just, you know, I, I can't put my hands on it. Like, what is going on? I'm trying my best, Lord. And, I had took off my boxing gloves. I had got tired. But the reason that I had gotten tired and the reason that I had gotten weak is because I did not stay committed and disciplined. When I went back to the gym, I thought I was going to pass out. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Praise him. I went from hand weights, 25 which is a lot for me, may not be a lot, you know, for the guys in the room, but, you know, that's a lot for me, you know. Doing burpees and, and all this stuff to, to, to my, I'm a little dizzy. I'm coming, Denise. I'm a little dizzy. I'm seeing spots. Because I had not exercised in a very long time. And so my tools, which is my temple, had become weak. And six weeks into the game, I'm like, I'm getting a little bit better at this. I was so proud. She told me yesterday, she said, good job, Jesus. You're coming back. 
I see a fight. And I took that as a word not only in the natural but in the spirit. I see a fight. I used to go to these anxiety attacks. Every time I had to get an infusion, I go to an anxiety attack. I walked into my infusion Monday. I say, hey, Miss Tammy, how you doing? Give me some juice. I'm walking out this healing. And I'm not going to let this make me not believe the word that God has given me that I am whole. This is the journey that I'm going on. If I had, mommy, if I had a hangnail when I was going through, it doesn't mean that we're not still going through. But when my mind and my focus was on the enemy, if I had a hangnail, I ain't come to church. I'm going to make time for this. But when my focus changed, many of you know, I would come in here if I had to lay in that back room to hear the word of God. Because if you take me out, you're going to take me out fighting. Because this is about legacy. She said something that woke something up in me. And I'm not talking about natural legacy seed that comes out of your womb. Yes, that. But this is about every life that God allows to come in contact with me that changes. That is my legacy for the kingdom. And if I turn someone away from God, I am responsible for that soul. I am responsible for that. And so I stay focused. I watch how I handle people. I watch what I say. Not because of people, because I know that God is doing a work on the nastiness on the inside of me. For me, not for anybody else. What you're not going to do is lose focus. Is not renew your mind. Is not be steadfast in this thing. Is not be disciplined and committed to it. As much as you're disciplined and committed to whatever you've committed yourself to. There is nothing that comes before my relationship with him. Family, job, nothing, and nobody. I got to put stuff on the shelf and be like, okay, well, this ain't working out how I thought it was going to work out. Let me go ahead and put this on the shelf because I got to focus. Because just like I made the left turn, and I U-turned, and I went down to make the right and got to that roadblock, I'm not coming to any roadblocks that God doesn't have for me. I'm going to be so attracted to him, so attentive to him, that he knows he can speak and I'll listen. Because what you're not finna do. What you're not finna do is lose focus and give up now. Because this thing is right around the corner, whether you want to believe it or not. And I don't have a time frame for you when I say right around the corner. Because God's timing is greater than ours. But it's right around the corner in the sense of the journey that he has for you, this next step, whatever it is. And so what I'm not going to do is lose focus. Be blessed.